Riders Radio Theater is on the air. It's the Riders on the radio. Come on, park and saddle up and go. Get ready for the cowboy show. Yodel, 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 yodel. We've been working since the break of day. We've been doing it the cowboy way. Now it's time to play. We're gonna ride and rope and wrangle the tune. We're gonna hoot and holler and holler at the moon. Now It's time to saddle up and ride the airwaves once again with America's favorite cowboys, Riders in the Sky. To Slim, the man of many hats, would have Paul, the king of the cowboy fiddlers, and Ranger Doug, the idol of American youth. This is Texas Big Spender inviting you to join Riders in the Sky for a thrilling program of high yodel adventure. We're gonna ride and rope and wrangle the tune. We're gonna hoot and holler and holler at the moon. There's a place around the fire for you with riders in the sky. So come on and let's ride. And now, with the 1,981st performance of their career, here are Riders in the Sky. Oh, yeah. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, buckaroos and buckarettes. And thank you, Texas Bixbender, the voice that sold a million baby chicks over border radio. Yes, this is Ranger Doug, welcoming you once again to Riders Radio Theater. Before we hit the trail, let me take just a moment, as we do so often, virtually every week, to introduce Riders in the Sky to you. To my left, that's your right, as you gaze into your Paragon radio this evening, the young man who plays the string bass in our trio voted Mr. Congeniality in this year's pageant. He's too slim. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. I just want to work with people and, and for world peace. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, too slim. Thank you so much. To my right, that's your left. The king of the cowboy fiddlers, the first runner-up in congeniality, Woody Paul. Woody. Thank you, friends. Thank you. I don't understand it. It was rigged or something. I, I tell you, this always happens to me. I like people too. But I just don't understand it. But I guess I can't feel bad about this guy. No one could feel bad about this guy. If you could even call him a guy, he's no regular guy. He's Mr. America himself, the idol of American youth, Ranger Doug. Thank you, thank you. And let's not forget our orchestra. Under the direction of the winner of the talent contest, Joey the Cow Polka King. <laughs> thank you, Joey. We're going to start the show with the great Marty Robbins classic of Blood in the Desert, El Paso. Out in the West Texas town of El Paso, I fell in love with a Mexican girl. Nighttime would find me in Rosa's cantina, music would play and Felina would whirl. Blacker than night were the eyes of Felina, wicked and evil while casting a spell. My love was deep for this Mexican maiden, I was in love but in vain I could tell. 
One night a wild young cowboy came in, wild as the West Texas wind. Dashing and daring a drink he was sharing with wicked Felina, the girl that I love. So in anger I challenged his right for the love of this maiden. Down went his hand for the gun that he wore. My challenge was answered in less than a heartbeat. The handsome young stranger lay dead on the floor. Just for a moment I stood there in silence, stunned by the foul evil deed I had done. Many thoughts raced through my mind as I stood there. I had but one chance and that was to run. Out through the back door of roses I ran, out where the horses were tied. I caught a good one and looked like it could run, up on its back and away I did ride. Just as fast as I could from the West Texas town of El Paso, out to the badlands of New Mexico. Back in El Paso, my life would be worthless. Everything's gone in life, nothing is left. It's been so long since I've seen the young maiden. My love is stronger than my fear of death. I saddled up and away I did go, riding alone in the dark. Maybe tomorrow. Bullet may find me tonight. Nothing's worse than this pain in my heart. And at last, here I am on the hill overlooking El Paso. I can see Rose's cantina below. My love is strong and it pushes me onward. Down off the hill to Felina, I go. Off to my right, I see five mounted cowboys. Off to my left, ride a dozen or more. Shouting and shooting, I can't let them catch me. I have to make it to Rosa's back door. Something is dreadfully wrong, for I feel a deep burning pain in my side. Though I am trying to stay in the saddle, I'm getting weary, unable to ride. But my love for Felina is strong, and I rise where I've fallen. Though I am weary, I can't stop to rest. I see the white puff of smoke from the rifle. I feel the bullet go deep in my chest. From out of nowhere, Felina has found me, kissing my cheek as she kneels by my side. Cradled by two loving arms that I'll die for. One little kiss and Felina. Goodbye. The whole thing. Thank you. We'll return again to those thrilling days at Riders Radio Theater right after this unbelievable offer from Camp Firelight Music. Friends, H.H. Hammerhead Stilson here. If I know you and you're like me, you want to surround yourself with beautiful, timeless works of art. But neighbors, if there's one thing I've learned in my sweet life, it's don't waste good money on an object art with no staying power. Sure, porcelain frogs and souvenir plates look like a good deal now, but will they stand the test of time? 
If you're looking to invest in art that lasts, put your do-re-mi where your ears is, put it in music. And not just any music, listen to this offer from Campfire Light Records. Here's my pal to tell you about it, Baz. Thank you, Hammerhead friends. Dr. B. Baxter Basil here, doctor of eclectic medicine, H-U-D-O-S-S-A, and member National Geographic Society. And this is Mrs. Dr. B. Baxter Basil. Hello, friends. Art and music are so precious. Thank you, Mama. And I Sit just down, want... Mama. <laughs> friends, primitive paintings found on the walls of a cave in France depict a tidal gathering of early Stone Age men. Clearly evident are the chief the shaman, a hunter, and an accordion player. <laughs> Apparently, the accordion was used to whip huge herds of woolly mammoths into a mindless rage, resulting in their crashing over a steep cliff to their deaths. <laughs> Equally of interest are some designs and symbols, which scholars at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame have recently interpreted to be the musical notes to the tune we know today as Lady of Spain. <laughs> This startling knowledge inspired this great new eight-track collection from Campfire Light Records entitled Lady of Spain, Yesterday, Today, and Forever. Yes, folks, chronic art that won't go away. Dr. Basil, tell us more of the fascinating chronology of this eternal music. Yes, do, Dr. Basil. I first heard Lady of Spain at the Young Begonia Growers Convention. Thank you, Mama. And Sit I down, just... Mama. Few people realize that classical Greek scholars have known for years the fact that both Euripides and Sophocles wrote all of their great tragedies for Greek chorus and accordion. <laughs> And you can see we're talking staying power here even during the Dark Ages. This glorious music was secretly nurtured for nearly 600 years by sympathetic monks of the Order of St. Yankovic. <laughs> Lady of Spain, I adore you. Yes. With the Renaissance came the flowering of these great musical traditions. It is reported by reliable sources that Columbus sailed for the New World and brought with him an accordion and Lady of Spain. In deepest Hamburg, this theme achieved classical immortality in the themes and hands of Johann S. Bach. Friends, there's a lot more to this great story, but it'll have to wait for volume two of Lady of Spain, yesterday, today, and forever. But volume one is available now for only $9.99. The investment opportunity of a lifetime for peanuts. Salted or plain? Easy, mama. So don't delay. Order yours today. And here's how. Here's how to you too, Hammerhead. Ah, oh, sit down, mama. To get Lady of Spain yesterday, today, and forever. Volume 1. Have your Visa, Albuquerque Express, or MasterCard ready and call 1-900-OK-SPAIN. That's 1-900-OK-SPAIN. Please note it's not a toll-free call. And now, here again are Riders in the Sky. Thank you, Texas Bixbender. It's dedication time and our classic of the West. Our classic of the West this week is Tim Spencer's Haunting Blue Prairie. And we'd like to send it out to little Ashley Burnham in Salisbury, North Carolina, who listens to us over WFAE in Charlotte. Blue Prairie. Blue Prairie. 
skies Blue are the sighs of the night wind Falling blue prairies Blue are the hills Blue are the trills of the night Beating heart beats a rhythm that is blue And the moon has cast a blue reflection in the dew So the wind while on its way Seems to cry and sigh and say blue Presentation of Mammoth Radio Pictures in association with WPLN Productions. This program is being taped live at the Blair School of Music at Vanderbilt University in Nashville, Tennessee. And now, Riders Radio Theater presents the ongoing saga of the Cowboy Way. Tonight, episode eight of the exciting Western melodrama, Curse of the Lost Gold Scrap. As faithful listeners will no doubt recall, in a rigged election, Slocum has become acting mayor of Tumbleweed City. Then at a ceremony for the opening of a time biscuit, baked 125 years ago by Sidemeat's great-grandfather, uh, USDA meat, acting mayor Slocum revealed that the town was broke. And there'll have to be massive cutbacks in services, coupled with a huge retroactive tax increase. <laughs> but when the biscuit was opened, a map was found purporting to lead to the fabulous lost gold score. Whatever that is. And immediately the rider set off to find it and hopefully save Tumbleweed City from financial ruin. Let's ride, boys. But unbeknownst to riders in the sky, Slocum had gained access to the time biscuit the night before and stolen the real lost gold scrap. Whatever that is. Then in an effort to make sure that they never returned to thwart his very big, very evil plan, he sent Charlie after them with a crate load of unusually big and vicious killer bees. <laughs> 
boys. That dark cloud up there blackening the sun is a swarm of killer bees. That's right. That's right. And with the help of some smashing twin accordion music, the riders escaped. Or did they? No, in their panic, they galloped right off the edge of a steep thousand feet high precipice. Oh, oh no. Is this the end? Our riders in the sky. Time to find out, too slim, as we present episode eight of Curse of the Lost Gold Scar- entitled Riders Hit Bottom. Whoa! The riders fall through all of five feet of space when suddenly they land on a narrow ledge carved by the swirling desert winds. <sighs> We've landed on a ledge. Oh, what a lucky break. I guess so, but a bad choice of words, Woody Paul. Well, why is that, Texas bitch? Because the swirling desert winds that carved that ledge carved it very thin, too thin to hold your combined weights. What? Whoa! But only a few scant feet below is a similar ledge. Ah. <clears throat> too similar. Whoa! Thus it went, every few feet. Until they safely reached the bottom. But unfortunately for the riders, the bottom was just a wind-eroded thin crust of earth that deceptively covered an underground river. Meanwhile, back in Tumbleweed City, Slocum and Charlie are about to engage in a little plot exposition. Join me in a cigar, Charlie? Thanks, boss. Yeah, that's uh, Mayor Charlie. <laughs> right, whatever you say, Mayor Charlie. No, it's, I'm boss, but I'm, oh, forget it, Charlie. Just call me boss. Whatever right? you say, boss. <laughs> hey, there's one thing I can't figure out here. Really, Charlie? Just one thing? <laughs> I don't get it. Listen, why do you want to be mayor of this dump anyway? Huh? It only pays you two bucks a week or something like that. Ah, uh, for now. <laughs> for now? <laughs> Sit back, Charlie. Like the man said, let's have a little plot exposition. <laughs> it's about time, boss. Shut up and listen, all right? <sighs> it happened 125 years ago. The place? Washington, D.C. <laughs> the day was about over, and President Abe Lincoln was hurrying to finish up some paperwork. <laughs> There, that takes care of that. I think Custer will be happy out there on the frontier. <laughs> now, is there anything else there, Raymond? Oh, uh, let's see, Mr. President. You took care of the judgeship in Peoria. Yep, sure The did. final right-of-way for the Union Pacific Railroad. No problem. Yep. And that's it. Oh, except <laughs> this, this strange little piece of business the Justice Department said over, sir. Hmm? It's an application what? for readmission to the Union from Tumbleweed Valley. Re- readmission? We're not dealing with readmission yet, Raymond. You know that. The Congress has to take that up in Tumbleweed Valley. Is that part of the South? Uh, no, sir. It's, it's way out west. Way out west? Well, when and why did they secede? Well, no one seems to know, sir. It apparently had nothing to do with the Civil War since they did it during Buchanan's administration. <laughs> Naturally, he denies it. And as to why, well, no one has a clue. The application just says, quote, it seemed like a good idea at the time. Unquote. Hmm, well, that's a better reason than the South had. We never went to war with these tumbleweed rebels, did we? No, sir, not a shot was fired. And, and because of that, see, the Justice Department seems to think that a presidential order is all that's needed to deal with this one way or the other. Well, in that case, let's bring them back home. Maybe by doing it, we can start a healing process that'll help close up some old wounds and help bring all our wayward sons and daughters home where they belong. Yeah, uh, well, it, it has to be done in, in triplicate, sir. Triplicate? Well, maybe we don't need them after all. Uh, <laughs> sir? 
Just kidding. Come on, let's oh. get started. <laughs> Abe, it's 7 o'clock. Time to go, dear. Just a few more minutes, Mary. I'm busy. Abe Lincoln, the play starts in 15 minutes, and if we don't go now, we may as well not go at all. All right, all right. I'm, I'm sorry, Ray. I, I've yes, got to go, but, but I would like to take care of this tumbleweed valley business first. I, I'll tell you what, I'll just go ahead and sign it. Okay, sign it and, right there. And you can take it over to Andy Johnson and, and let him do the paperwork. He's always complaining about how the vice president never has anything to do. Oh, very good, sir. Come in. Uh, hello, uh, Mr. Vice President, sir. Hello there, Raymond. Uh, what errand has he sent, old Abe sent you out here on this time? Is there a tea party in T-neck that needs a speaker? Uh, <laughs> no, no, sir, but the president would like for you to fill out these papers for him. He was going to do it, but he, uh, he had to go to the theater, sir. Oh, he had to go to the theater, did he? Well, let Andy do it, huh? Let Andy do all the mindless, boring jobs in this administration. When are they going to invent golf, anyhow? Well, I... <laughs> I'm, sh I'm sure I don't know, sir. <laughs> it it'll just take 20 minutes, sir, if you can fill this out. 20 minutes of my precious time. Yeah. What is this thing, anyway? Well, it it's a petition to readmit Tumbleweed Valley to the Union. Tumbleweed Valley? Well, that's way out of west. Why in the great blue blazes did they secede in the first place, and who cares? Well, no one seems to know why they seceded, sir. Apparently, it, it just seemed like a good idea at the time. A good idea at the time? Well, it seemed like a good idea to me this time. Not to let him back. <laughs> oh, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, sir. Let Abe let him back in if he wants to. <laughs> Listen, I got plans this evening of my own. Matter of fact, I'm late for happy hour at Madame Wazelle's right now. But, sir, he just... <laughs> so long, Raymond. See you down but, the trail. But Vice President Johnson... Johnson, why, well, he doesn't have to call me Johnson. You can call me Johnson. You can call me Andy. You can call me AJ, but you just don't have to call me... Well, there you have it, Charlie. Tumbleweed Valley never readmitted to the Union. <laughs> I hate history, boss. Uh, yeah. You ought to love this piece of history, Charlie, because it's going to make us rich. <laughs> rich? How, boss? Yeah, Tumbleweed Valley's never been readmitted to the Union. It's in limbo. Huh? It's not part of any state. The federal government forgot about it. The mayor's the boss. The emperor, Genghis Khan. He makes the laws. He appoints the sheriff. He runs the whole ball of wax. <laughs> yeah, and that's you, Slocum. Go to the head of the class, Charlie. We're opening the valley wide. It's going to be what it was meant to be. We're going to make Vegas and Atlantic City look like Girl Scout camp. This place is going to be Sin City. <laughs> Sin. <laughs> oh, you like that, do you, Charlie? <laughs> uh, hey, Slocum. How'd you know all this history stuff? Yeah, I was born knowing it, Charlie. <laughs> now what? enough of the chit-chat. We got work to do. Our exiled friend in Central America wants to come home, so he came through with the dough, and we're ready to start moving. Here, take these tax delinquency notices and foreclose on all the businesses along Main Street. Right, boss. Here I go. <laughs> While you're doing that, I'll call Vegas and get the big guys down here for a little look-see. <laughs> Yellow? Wayne? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, after an arduous day of underground river travel, riders in the sky side meet in their trusty mounts all emerged unscathed when the subterranean river they were riding flowed up and out of the ground into a beautiful little lake deep in the superstitious mountains. It is beside this crystal water that they've made camp for the night, and they're now just finishing a hearty dinner of biscuits and beans. Ouch! These doggone biscuits are just as hard as your great-granddaddy's time capsule side meat. 
Hey, uh, what uh, did you say, Woody? I said these biscuits are as hard as your great-granddaddy's were. Oh, thanks, Woody. Uh, that's the nicest thing you ever said to me. <laughs> what? Side meat? Yeah. You seem kind of lost in thought tonight. Is everything okay? I'm all right, Ranger Doug. I guess seeing that time biscuit and all got me thinking about my great-granddaddy, USDA meat. <laughs> you, you knew him then? Sure, I knowed him. I was sort of his favorite of all, all the little meats. I was just remembering the last time I saw him. I was still a little scutter. I could barely, let alone. <laughs> My pappy, uh, Red Meat, a lot of folks didn't like him. Did you know him? <laughs> he took me to see Grandpa. He'd been asking for me. And we got there. He's lying in his bed. And boy, you, you could tell he was headed for, for the last roundup. He calls me over and takes hold of my hand real tight. And he pulls me to him and whispers in my ear. And he says, you got to bring us home. What the devil are you talking about, I said. We never came home, he says. Of course you did, I told him. You're lying in your own bed in your own dang home right now. Not me, you idiot, he says. This valley, you got to bring it back and clear my name. Clear your name, I says. And he just, he uttered them words I'll never forget. Look in the biscuit. Find, <laughs> find the lost gold. <laughs> and that was the last thing he said. He was gone to sidekick heaven. <laughs> wow, side meat, that's quite a story. It sure is. Have you ever figured out what he was talking about, side meat? I don't know, Ranger Doug. At the time, I thought he was just out of his head with fever. So I never told nobody, and to tell you the truth, I kind of forgot about it. But, but now, I don't know. It's beginning to look like there's a lot more to this than meets the eye. I've got the same feeling, Woody. Maybe we'll find some answers tomorrow. I think the river brought us up very close to that spark marked X on the map. Really, Ranger Doug? Yes, and I believe that sometime tomorrow, we ought to get there. So let's turn in now and get an early start. After a day like today, I won't have any trouble falling asleep. Night, boys. Good night, Side. Good night, Good night, Good night buddy. While our cowboys slumber. Tumbleweed City rumbles as big flatbed trucks loaded with prefab casino hotels roll in all night long. Crews of workmen then quickly assemble them, and soon Tumbleweed City is transferred into a flashy, gaudy, neon and green felt jungle. As dawn breaks, a stretch limousine pulls up in front of the biggest new hotel. The Nevada license plate reveals the words, Donka Shane. <laughs> what has become of Tumbleweed City? Can it ever go home? Will Wayne Newton ever manage the Cincinnati Reds? To find out, tune in next week, same time, same station, when you'll hear Wayne Newton say, I'm going to sue riders in the sky for every set they have. And Ranger Doug say, Both of them? Oh, it's fever-pitched, high-rolling, heart-pounding excitement you won't want to miss. It's episode nine of Mystery of the Lost Goldscore, entitled, Baby Needs a New Pair of Shoes. Coming soon to this theater of the mind. And now, here again, our riders in the sky, enjoy the Calpoca King. Thank you, Texas Mix. We'd like to remind you to tune in to Riders and Radio Theater, same time next week, same station. Till we meet again, Saddle Pals. So long, Saddle Pals. It's been so good to see ya. Farewell, Saddle Pals. We really hate to leave ya, but the doggies are lowin'. Roundup time is nigh A prairie moon is calling From a starry western sky 
This was Texas Big Spenders saying so long, Saddlepal. See you next week on Riders Radio Theater. Goodbye, son.